Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Amen and amen. Awesome. You can be seated tonight, church. Wonderful. Uh, well, I'm excited. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm always an excited person. Um, but I'm excited for tonight because I get to preach the Word of God, and I believe the Word of God has come to change your life uh, and to transform you because that is uh, the bare foundation of why it's even there. It's here to change us. The, the Word of God is living and active, the Bible says. It itself says that, which is super cool. But um, I'm, I'm also really excited to preach tonight because I believe that God is very interested in this thing called relationships. I think he's very interested in it. And uh, that's actually what we're talking about in our series called Own the Moment. Um, we want to explore how in every moment of our relationships, whether that's dating, whether that's marriage, whether that's friendship, whether that's whatever that looks like, that we are doing it well. We're doing it Christ-centered. We are owning every moment. We're not missing the moments uh, where we did it the wrong way or we could have said it a better way, but we want to be owning it, that our relationships are blessed, that God is in and amongst our relationships. And um, and, uh, yeah, that we don't take specific and unique moments in our lives for granted, but we actually use them for the glory of God. And, and um, there's one aspect, I believe, or, or one thing uh, that I believe that the Bible teaches that our relate, about our relationships that can either make or break them. And uh, it's something so small, but so potent and so powerful, it actually has the, the capability to make or break the relationships that we have. Some say that um, certain people only have the capability to harness its potential. And we all have it, but the one thing is, is that because we use it so much, we actually kind of doubt or are unaware of its potency and its power. And uh, this powerful relational divider or builder, it's just powerful. It doesn't mean that it's bad, uh, just bad, but it can be powerful in a good way as well. This one powerful relational builder or divider is the tongue. The tongue. Now, you might just be like, all right, like how is my, you know, I've been eating a lot, so my tongue's like flexing hard. Like, you know, it's really strong. And I'm not saying in that way, but I'm saying whatever flows from our tongue, whatever comes from our mouth is actually so powerful. And um, I believe you can't have a relationship without communicating with someone. And how do we use uh, our communication? Usually, we do it through our mouth, through our tongue. And if we're talking about relationships, I want to get specific on using our words and having words of wisdom. I believe if we are, uh, we are a people, we are a church who are in our relationships, are using our words the way that God has defined them to be, then we can actually succeed in relationships. We can do better than we would if we didn't realize the potency and the power of your words that they have when you speak them into the atmosphere. So tonight I want to talk about words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. But uh, why don't we pray together? Lord, I just thank you. Lord, as we get into your word tonight, I just pray that you would speak to every person here. Lord, I pray that your word would speak into every heart, that God, we wouldn't leave this place the same. God, we want and desire to change, Lord. We pray that our relationships, by the end of this, as we action out certain things, we pray 
that God, you would move in them. And God, we pray for reconciliation in relationships. We pray for uh, building on our relationships in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Just so you know, my, my vo- voice is a little bit croaky tonight. So I'm, all, I'm letting you know ahead of time that I'll probably have at the very least four blowouts. Um, so excuse them. If it happens, I just want you to play it off like nothing happened, all right? Uh, we don't need any laugh track. And if you want to laugh, go for it. I won't be offended. But uh, some people are like, yes, I'm going to do it. But just a head, uh, heads up for you tonight. Well, I want to ask you, as I like to do, I kind of like always asking questions and stuff. Let's do a raise of the old hands. Um, some of us have younger hands than others, but um, who wants to be wise in their relationships? Just by a, who wants to be wise in their relationships? You know, a bit of wisdom, you know, that's awesome. All right, a few people don't, that's totally cool. We'll pray for you after. Uh, but I don't know if anyone has gotten to the point where it's like, man, I don't want to do relationships well. I don't think anyone... And well, in their heart of hearts, I really hope they haven't said this before. Man, I'm really hoping this Christmas, there's just like a great division in my family. Like I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about this Christmas. I just hope everyone's like, there's tension and like everyone's like not talking to each other. And man, how great would that be? Like, no, no, we don't say that. We desire to have better relationships, right? We, We desire betterment in our lives. And I really hope you don't say this, but I really hope you don't say, oh man, I really just want to upset someone today. (laughs) Man, I'm so excited. You know what? I might even just write down a few one-liners that I could do right now. Man, you look stupid. (laughs) Like you could, you you can list them off. Like, I really, I really do hope, look, this is between you and God, but I really hope that no one wakes up saying, I really hope I upset someone today. Unless you're the Grinch himself. Um, But... So why does it happen? If we have these intentions that we want to be wise with our relationships, can I ask, why do sometimes they go sour? Why is it sometimes that we as believers, we don't always get it right? We don't always say it right. And I'll tell you straight up, it's because we're imperfect people and we are going to mess it up. And if we can have that as a platform, we can know that, all right, there are going to be some tense moments. There are going to be some times that actually are going to be annoying. But I do want to give you, and this is completely biblical, one of the main reasons why we actually go through this when we don't have to. But, and I think it's so important that we know this because um, if we understand this tonight, then something will change in our relationships. And here's the main reason. If there's tension and, and maybe we've had an argument with someone or, you know, we haven't said it right, here's the main reason. It's all because... Everyone else keeps getting it all wrong. Come on, let's be real right now. It's because everyone else keeps getting it all wrong. Man, if they had just known how I was feeling at that time, they wouldn't have said it like that. I've had a big week and things have been going on and they said it to me like that. I'm telling you, the biblical reason, or I hope you're sensing my sarcasm right now, but, but the main reason for these happening is it because it's all about everyone else, what they said to me, what they did to me. If only they knew how I was feeling at the time. But uh, <laughs> I know every person in this room, whether on a large scale where you don't even talk to anyone because there was such a division or, or even just a small thing where you just had, you know, you had one of those moments where it's like, you know, just things didn't go well. Um, 
where we've just ended up, we've ended up making poor relationship decisions. It's been on us. And, um, and what better way to start a message on words of wisdom than go, going to the book of words in wisdom than the book of Proverbs. And I actually wanna look what the power of the tongue does and, and, and how we can actually go about this life of living with words of wisdom. In Proverbs, and it'll come up on the screen as well. We've got three of them. Well, I really hope we got three of them. Wonderful, they're right there. Um, in Proverbs 15.4, it says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. I love that, a gentle tongue. The way in which we say it, not like, you know, you, you just don't, you have like a really weak tongue, but a gentle tongue, the way in which your words speak, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. But, perverse, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Or in other words, a gentle tongue builds, but a perverse tongue breaks. A gentle tongue will build up into a tree, build up into blooming something incredible, but a perverse tongue, the way in which we use our words, breaks. It breaks the things around us. What does Proverbs 15.1 say? A soft answer, and that's not whispering. A soft answer, or that's not for just the introverted person here. Like, hey, I just wanted to let you know. No, that's not it. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. It's a soft answer that turns away wrath. All right, once again, does anyone want wrath in their relationships? Like, you know, let's just go for it. You know, let's fight. But it's the soft answer that turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I wanna, I wanna point out that. It doesn't say harsh words. It says a harsh word stirs anger. That's the power of your word, that you can just speak one One tiny word into someone that triggers them because they've dealt with something their whole life and that can change the trajectory of their whole entire life of how they see you, of how they do relationships with you. All it takes is one word. That's the potency and the power of our words. Finally, Proverbs 16, 13 says, Righteous lips are the delight of a king and he loves him who speaks what is right. Or in other words, God loves the words of the righteous. God loves those God is interested. Basically, we can gather together that God is interested in what you're speaking. God is interested in how our relation, relationships are going about. If you're still not convinced that our words are powerful, all you need to go to is the book of James 3, and you'll notice what he says about it. He says, if our life is like a ship, then our tongue is like the rudder steering the ship that we can either use it to promote good things and go down a line that is righteous and we're steering clear from from the rocks or we can guide our whole entire lives into the rocks. We can capsize by our words. How powerful is that? If we choose to, and that's it, it's a choice, how we use our words, we can choose to actually run our lives aground by the words that are coming out of our mouths. Or we can actually live for Jesus, have words of righteousness and be smooth sailing. I think so, that's so powerful. If you're still not convinced, I want to ask you, how did Jesus, how did God create the universe? He spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. What are some other things? Why is prayer the tool that is used in spiritual warfare? 
I don't know, why didn't God say, I want you to do a 360 and I want you to jump three times and that's going to be spiritual warfare and that's how you're going to beat the devil. No, he didn't say it. He said prayer. Prayer is the thing. Speaking it out into existence before it's even happening. He said to Thomas, as he said, and look at the holes in my hands, he said, those who have believed and not seen, they will be blessed. Those who have believed and spoken it out. Why is the act of saying sorry or asking for forgiveness so powerful? Because it's the confession and it lifts burdens off your life when you forgive someone here. And finally, how did you come to the faith? You confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ was Lord and believed that God the Father raised Him from the dead. Our tongue, speech, and talk are so important in, our fa- in the factor of our faith. So what we say actually matters. What we say actually matters. What we say in our relationships matter. What you say to your spouse matters. What you say to your friends behind their back matters. What you gossip about matters. What we, what we sometimes let fly from our mouths matters tonight. But, for, but I found it really interesting. We're talking about the wisdom of words. We're talking about even Proverbs and uh, how much wisdom is found in that. And the world will say that wisdom is knowledge. The more you know, the better you'll be off. You'll be able to know about this and this and this. But I love that Proverbs seems to look at what comes out of our mouth, and it actually focuses on one other thing. And there's many other wise things that we can find from the book of Proverbs. And I just want to say as well, I believe the book of Proverbs is something that we as Christians and believers need to be in regularly. The book of Proverbs is actually the thing that wants to guide your life and direct it in the ways of Christ. It's actually very powerful. And, and there's one other thing, and, and you'll pick it up as we read again. It says in Proverbs 15.31. Oh, maybe the other one. There we go. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever gives heed or takes in or listens to instruction prospers. And blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And finally, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them, uh, do not let them out of your sight. Ooh, is that right? Do not let them out of your sight. Yeah, that's fine. Keep them within your heart. I tripped up then. My son, pay attention what I say. The world will say that wisdom is knowledge, but the word says that wisdom is our words and the wisdom is listening. Wisdom is listening and I'm not just doing this just to go through Proverbs, I'm I'm talking about our relationships. Wisdom is our words, but wisdom is listening. I've heard men are not too good at it. I've heard it, but some some of us are, are better than some others. I'm gonna put up my hand and say I'm not very good at that. But have you ever been in an argument Okay, have you ever been in an argument before? Okay, any perfect people here? Raise your hand. No? Awesome. All right. I see that hand. (laughs) Funnily enough, pray for you after two. (laughs) Got to get rid of that pride. No, just kidding. Um, But have you ever been in an argument where, (laughs) oh man, I've done this too many times. You've been in an argument and they are just, they, they're just saying so much to you. You know, they're just saying so much to you. And you might have said your line. You know, you're just like, oh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da. 
And then they're coming back with theirs. And as soon as they even say like one word, it triggers something and you're already thinking of that next line that you're going to say to them. And everything they say for the next five, 10 or one hour does not matter whatsoever. They're just coming at you and you're like, oh man, as soon as they finish talking, I'm about to blow them straight in the back. Booze. Like it's going to be, hey, it's just going to be the best line ever. It's going to cut them to the heart because I'm angry right now. Has anyone had those moments where you're just thinking about what you're about to say? And it's because we sometimes do it, and and I'll put my hand up to say this, is that we lack to listen to people. And I'm not even talking in a heated debate or a heated conversation. I'm just talking in life and relationships. Sometimes we're so eager to have our way, what we would rather do, what we would rather say. Hopefully something that I said is going to be valuable in someone's life, that we actually forsake listening to people. And understanding where where they're coming from, understanding their heart behind it. It's our lack of listening that can actually create division, friction, and unneeded tension in our lives and our relationships because we just don't listen. And um, I love Jesus. Anyone love Jesus here? All right, we love Jesus. Great. I love Jesus because he is our greatest example of how a relationship with anyone looks. If you look to the scriptures, kind of like a a Bible one-on-one. Jesus should be that person. And and back in the 90s, they used to have these bracelets called WWJD. What would Jesus do? Because, and I love them. I had like 20, sold them to all the kids' church. Just kidding. Um, But what would Jesus do? Bracelets were so, I, I do think they actually had so much power because when we go to Scripture, when we go to the Bible, Jesus is actually modeling for us how humanity is supposed to live. He actually gave us a new way to be human. We kind of came in and we messed it up after the fall. And basically Jesus came in to say, I'm going to show you what relationships look like. I'm going to come in and I'm going to show you what finances look like. I'm going to come in and show you what real love is. So when we look at the scripture and we look at the life of Jesus, we, we need to know that whatever he's doing, we're supposed to act too. What would Jesus do in that situation? And um, I, lo- I love this story. I love this story, and, and, and it's with two blind men. And um, it's in Matthew 20, verse 29, and it's going to come up on the screen. And, uh, and we'll read it together, and we'll, we'll see what Jesus does. And obviously, this is a miracle, but I don't want to focus on the miracle. I just want to focus on how Jesus did relationship. Matthew 20, verse 29, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Then let's notice what Jesus does. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They said, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. I love what Jesus does in this story. He had all the power, all the authority, all of the whatever else you want to say to go, you know what? I've got a mission from God. I'm on a mission from God, Blues Brothers. I'm on a mission from God to do, you know, His will. I'm going to go to the cross and all this stuff. And I, I'm not going to listen to what's going on here. 
All the people are shouting. There's people everywhere in this scenario. And then two blind men are shouting out for help. They're shouting out for a savior in this time. And Jesus stops and he calls him. He actually took the time, the God of all creation, where, where he could have been like, you know what? No, I'm just going to keep going. He actually just stopped and he listened to the need of other. He listened to the need of others. And, and another translation said he had pity. He had compassion. And, and what pity means is feeling, get this, feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by the sufferings and misfortunes of others. Jesus in his heart felt something on the inside for these people. He actually identified not with how he was feeling at that time, but how they were feeling at that time. And I'm only young, only 23. Praise God. But I've, I've, I've learned something in my life, of my 23 years, uh, wisdom, but <laughs> I, I have learned one thing in and I think, I think it's so important for all of us. And, and that's that every person is going through something. Every person's going through something. I don't care if you're a CEO or you look like you're adventuring and you're doing the whole Instagram and it looks amazing and your life just looks extravagant and adventurous. And like you don't look like you have money problems or anything like that. But I'm letting you know that every single person on this earth, until we be to, go to be in glory is dealing with something, is going through something, is actually struggling with something. Because life in this world can be harsh. And it could be, you, you could have a season there where everything feels like, oh my gosh, I'm going through something crazy. Or you could just have a family member in another country who, who has cancer. That, like Obviously, that's still crazy and it's still hectic, but it's not as close as, as something else might be. But it's still one thing on your mind. It's still something small. It might be, you know, you've got pretty much of your life figured out. You've got pretty much of how your plan for your world is going to go. But it's still just that one insecurity that you have. And it's buried deep down, but it's still an insecurity. It's still a struggle. And I think it's important that we know that every single person on this earth is going through something. Because when we understand that, I believe that we can do what Jesus did in this situation. And this is probably my one thing that I believe, that if we were to get this right in our relationships, we would see strong and healthy relationships. We would actually see reconciliation between some loved ones that maybe have uh, been estranged or, or, or maybe you just struggle in yourself to build relationships. I believe if we were to get this one value that Jesus, we see in the story that he holds to, then we would actually be able to see that. And I believe that Jesus did it so well and we read it before in that verse, is that Jesus had empathy. Jesus had empathy. And building strong and healthy relationships is formed from our words. It's strengthened by how we listen, but it's founded on our empathy. It's founded on empathy. Because I'm letting you know, if you don't identify with how the other person is feeling, you'll never be able to say the right words because you'll be all about yourself over here and how you feel that it won't actually 
kind of get through to the other person how they're feeling, how their heart's out, what they've been through that week. But Jesus felt the need of these two blind men. He wasn't going through it, but he felt and he put himself in their shoes to go, you know what, what would it be like to be blind? What would it be like? I'd probably be desperate too. You know what? I'm going to come over and I'm going to be the difference for their lives. And he heals them in that time. Even theologically speaking, Jesus himself took our place and stepped. He actually noticed that there was something wrong with humanity and he physically stepped in the place that we should have. He empathized to the greatest degree to die for our sin. Jesus was and is empathy. And our faith is hinged on the cross of Jesus. And if it is hinged on the cross of Jesus, then we too, as the believers of God, need to empathize. We need to have empathy for people. Hey, maybe, maybe some of the relationship struggles that you've had is just because you haven't understood or looked at it from their point of view. We don't see everyone's life. We're not God. We don't get that. We, we don't get that kind of advantage in life to see what, what another person has seen that week. It might be your marriage here. It might be a dating relationship. It could be a friendship. And when we're in a conversation and we feel like, oh, I've got the right to yell at them or I've got the right to feel what I'm feeling here. But if they say that to me, you know what? I'm, nah, I'm not going to have any of that and I'm going to say this back to them. Man, what if that week they were, they were struggling and they were reaching out to God like, God, I know that I'm struggling right now, but I just need a friend. I just need someone there to love me. I know that I know I'm not in a good spot right now, but I just need someone to love me. And then we just go and cut them down even more. And it's like, oh. Our lives need to be built on empathy. Built on this thing called empathy. Placing ourselves in the person's shoes. Because it's first nature to feel what we feel. Amen? So is. It's first nature to go, you know what? This is, this is how I feel, so I'm going to act on how I feel. I don't, there's a terminology, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, uh, it's called being hangry. Raise your hand if you're hangry right now. No, just kidding, just kidding. Oh, a few people, okay. We'll get you a cafe meal real soon. <laughs> it's a terminology called being hangry. And if there's been anything that has destroyed more relationships, I believe it's being hangry. Um, it is to the point where you're so hungry that you start to get a little bit angry. And, uh, and I can recall many times because I felt a feeling, my feeling over here, of being hungry that I lashed out on people because they weren't a, uh, a I don't know, I was going to say a broccoli. I'm eating healthy at the moment. so I mean, Yeah, broccoli. Because they weren't food that I could consume. So I spoke my tongue when I wanted to be devouring things with my tongue. And I got angry at them at the wrong time. I didn't use a gentle tongue. And I actually kind of like, you know, I, I, I just kind of cut them down. And, and, and I've done that so many times before. And I'm sorry for all the people that have done that too. But I do want to use that as an example and as a, an analogy that sometimes it's, it's just what we feel. 
we've had a tough week. Amazing. And I, and I, I understand that. I empathize with you that sometimes we just have, we didn't get it right because we in ourselves didn't have the greatest week and we were hoping that someone else would do that for us. But I never want to be a person where I go, you know what? I have the right. I have the right to cut you down and not empathize with you. Imagine if it worked both ways where we were such a community, such a people that we just empathize for one another all the time. We had empathy for one another. And instead of reacting, we began to respond. Because reacting is, a, we use the, even the scientific definition, is when chemicals and substances come together to create something or change the form of something that it used to be. Sometimes we can bubble up and we can kind of react because we feel like they shouldn't have said that. But if we, and this is how I kind of want to use it, I want to use it kind of, of stepping back and going, okay, I understand what's going on right now. I, I, I feel something right now. But I'm going to look at their situation. I'm going to understand maybe they've had a crazy week. I'm going to understand that maybe this has triggered them. Maybe what I said actually affected that. Maybe I'm to blame here because I triggered them and now they're coming back at me. I'm just going to step back for just a moment and then I'm going to step back in and go, you know what? Hey, why do, why do you feel that way? You know, before it gets heated, before we get into these crazy things that are going to, Tear relationships that are going to bring destruction to our relationships. Why don't we empathize, take a step back and go, you know what? I'm going to understand what's going on from your lens. And then, hey, I'm going to respond accordingly. I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond in a manner that is of Christ. Hey, maybe that person really needs prayer that week. Maybe that person, like I said before, is really struggling and they just built it up and they just put it on you. But what if you were the person to go and we were the people to go, you know what? Hey, I'm gonna pray for you because that's what love is. Jesus is love and that's why he empathized because he is love. So I wanna challenge, I kind of wanna end with a challenge tonight for all of us here. Would we see people through the lens of empathy? Would you even tonight, as we do community after the service, would you understand that, hey, you know, we're all human. We're probably going to go through at least maybe one thing that's a little bit tense or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's super small, but it's still something that we could have empathy in it. And why don't we work on it? Because I believe when we mature in Christ, we actually mature in empathy. We actually mature in this thing called empathy. And it's so important because you can have more peace when you're empathetic. Because you can go, okay, they're not actually attacking me for me. They're attacking me because I've had a crazy week. And man, how many times I've barked up or tried to do something just because I thought, this is a personal attack. I can't believe you did that. There we go. First blowout, all right? But, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge us, myself included, what could happen for a community this week that we empathize. We had empathy for one another. Hey, that's where strong, uh, strong relationships are built. That's a place where we can continue to grow, stir each other on with love, faith. Wonderful. Why don't, why don't I pray for all of us here right now? Lord, I just thank you for every person in this place. God, I, I pray that Jesus, we could be more like you. Lord, we want to live our lives like you. And God, we want to have empathy for those who are struggling. God, we want to empathize even with those people who we think have got it all together. But maybe that one thing 
that is going on in their life, that is something that they're really thinking about right now. And we want to be those people that love even in spite of the attack that sometimes we can have, the tension that we can have, the family disruption and the destruction. God, we want to be the solution to it and not the problem, God. And I pray that Holy Spirit, as we act in empathy this week, Lord, you're going to move in us and through us and do something amazing. In Jesus' name. Everyone said...